You can be seated. Clap, your, clap for yourselves that you made it here in a mud boat or whatever you did. A go devil, the, go, the devil might have gone after you this morning. And honestly, I, I mean, I'm so thankful that you're here. I know last week we had a great crowd and then we have bad weather. And I understand there's some people that literally can't get out of their driveways to be here this morning. And others are helping people right now. So can we just stop right now? I know there's rain and, and I know I was talking to... Several people from Lake Arthur this morning, Alice got in late because she was just trying to help people and her brother got evacuated from his house and different people are. And I know that there's a lot of concerns and a lot of things that people have right now. So can we just stop and pray for everyone that's in our, in our region, in our area? Because it's not just us. It's all throughout southwest Louisiana and uh, southeast Louisiana as well. Father, we just come to you and we're thankful for your hand over our lives. And Lord, right now, we just pray. I pray for every individual that has concern on their mind and and, and thinking about others right now, that you would give them the peace of God right now. We pray, Father, even as this rain begins to come this week, we pray that you would hold back some of the the things that they predict. And we pray for the people that, Lord, that, that just need help during this time. I pray that you would send people their way. You would allow people to come and to minister to them. Help, help us. Lord, if we run across things that we don't just think about, well, we'll get some other people, that we would put our hands to work and be able to serve other people around us, Lord, to be able to present your gospel, your gospel of help, your gospel of rescue. Uh, rescue. And Lord, I just pray this morning that you would speak through, to us through your word. God, I pray that we wouldn't allow our circumstances around us, but we pray the flood of the Spirit to come upon hearts and minds. We pray in Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said, you know, last week I talked about just being awake Many times, sometimes we find ourselves in a, in a sleep or a stupor. And these, these 21 days of fasting and prayer, it's really opened my eyes to things, you know, that, that I walk through, that I face, that I go through. And so before I do anything, let me just, just dismiss the kids while we got a break in the weather. Go, run, kids. No. And uh, sorry about that. They, all the, all of them, I couldn't see the lights, you know, I mean, just so. Um, but this morning, you know, I just think about, Many times we just get asleep in the light. But this morning, I just want to talk about something that I know that not many people deal with at all in their lives. But I'm going to deal with awakening. And this morning, what I want to talk about is temptation. How many of you have ever been tempted before to do something stupid? I just say this. There's, the temptation comes in a lot of different ways. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Uh, it can come in your greatest moments of victory. It, it can be with a question. Why? Why this? Why that? Or it could be, if, even if you're spiritually minded, you could be tempted. It could happen, you know, in your weakest areas. It could happen in some of the areas that you feel the greatest strengths that you have in your life. You can, it also can come through a position of influence or, 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 or just being an example to other people. They, uh, you know, just temptation. It, it, can, it, it can come when you least expect it. I mean, you know what I'm talking about. I've been tempted to think things sometimes. Can I just be honest with you? When I'm in the Word of God, I have some of the craziest thoughts that come to my mind even when I'm in the Word of God. I mean, I'm talking about. And, and you know, like we're, we're tempted. The Bible says we're tempted on every side. We're tested. We're, you know, I heard temptation is the fire that brings out the scum of the heart sometimes. You know, we're tempted often in the same area of our lives. Am I speaking to anybody here yet this morning? You know, you may, you may have a, a season where everything seems like it withdraws, but then it, it just waits for that opportune time to come back. You know, when I think about temptation, let me just say this. We're going to talk about that temptation is not sin. Hello? You know, temptation wears many disguises. The Bible says that the devil comes as a serpent. He becomes a trap. Of, he's like a fowler. He becomes like a fowler's trap. He's called a wolf. He's called the schemer. He's called the accuser. There's all kinds of things, all kinds of farms that he comes in different disguises. But I'll just say this. We can, temptation can be overcome. Temptation will prove many times what kind of character you, ha- you are or what kind of character you have. Not who you are, but what character you have. And sometimes we find out people are real characters when they're going through certain temptations. 
And so this morning, what I want to do is I want to turn to Hebrews, and it just says this, Hebrews 2.18, it says, For because he himself has suffered when tempted, he was able to help those who were being tempted. Let me give you an example. If you came to me and you tempted me with a Dairy Queen hot fudge sundae, large, let me tell you something. I would suffer. I would suffer because I'm being tempted with something that I enjoy. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And it's something that intrigues me. It's something that I may, I'll give up my fast properly. I'll be tempted to give up my fast. You understand me? So don't bring me one this morning. But can I tell you, I would suffer, but it would also be like going and standing at the the Jennings sewer plant and watching raw sewage. And I'm standing, they say, you have to stand here. And you know what, I could stand there, and guess what, would I suffer? Absolutely, I would suffer, but it would not intrigue me. Do you understand? You see, there's some things, when Jesus was tempted, there were some things I'm sure that was very tempting, but there was other things that was like standing right in the middle of a sewage plant and going, that that does not intrigue me whatsoever. You see, this morning, you you know, I just believe this. Temptation is an opportunity to praise God in the middle of your temptation. You see, I have, a, I have met many people that, that have overcome great sin. Great sin. I have a friend that, you know, for years she was, as a, young, as a younger girl, she was a prostitute. And now she's gone on and, 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 and she's been on incredible Christian bands and groups and she became a recording artist god totally delivered her from that lifestyle forgave her got married has kids all that but you know you think what a terrible lifestyle but yet how many you know god can redeem you know i mean i I know this but and, and there's many people that walk through grievous things that they have victory in their life for many years it's amazing to me how many people continue to beat themselves with being just tempted I've had people where I've had to sit with them and say, listen, just because you're tempted doesn't mean you've sinned. But they, the enemy almost convinces them because you're being tempted that way. Hello, you're dirty, you're nasty, you're all these different things when it's just temptation if you, if you haven't given into it. Hello? Temptation is a sales pitch. It's like a salesman coming to you. Remember the old vacuum cleaner salesman? I mean, they come to your door and they try to, we bought one one time, Kirby. He was good. But, you know, they're trying to convince you of something that you really don't need, but you got to have. Hello, how many are you talking about? Y'all, come on. I'm going to preach through this morning, through the flood. All right, the rain already stopped. Praise God. But see, but I, I feel, you know, they feel unclean. They feel, they feel unworthy. They're just being tempted. Uh, and just because, you know, all of a sudden these, these thoughts, and they haven't even committed sin. Here's what I want you to understand. Temptation is not sin. Temptation is an invitation to worship. It's an invitation to worship God. God wants you to be a worshiper. I need to see y'all this morning. Can't see you. There you go. Oh, now bright, shiny faces. Temptation. You know, I, I, I just say that there are times that I am tempted. Oh man! I mean, there's times. Can I? Let me just say this. I like to hunt, so I know the farm. I know in order to get geese and ducks, I have to be a very good deceiver. Hello. Can I just speak about something I like to do to kind of bring a message to this? Listen, you, you got to set, everything's got to be right. You got to have the right camera. You know, and ducks and geese are wild animals. And because they're wild animals, you know, I see guys that wear, they don't wear camouflage. Oh, it don't matter. It does matter. Because, I mean, I do things over my face for geese. I put like a veil so they don't see my brightness in my face. So when they come, it's not like a sign, hey, we're over here. And then you practice your call because there's a call. And, you, you know, you, you, you call certain ways. And there's certain things you do to get certain kind of ducks or geese or, or, or waterfowl. And, and, and it's like you do all of that because you want them to start what they call, it's called locked in. You want them to have their wings kind of coming in like this. That means they're locked up. And they're coming your way. And you're, the adrenaline's flowing. 
If you're the hunter. And see, let me tell you something. What gives the enemy adrenaline when he knows you're locked in. But I know, I know this. God always promises, and we're going to talk about it, he always gives a way of escape. Some people go, I, I tried that stuff. Well, I want to talk about trying and doing. Is that okay? And see, the first thing I want to talk to, in the battle with temptation, here's some points that can be helpful. Number one, I'm going to go through these not long. It says, I promise, I try. I'll be tempted to go long, but I'll try to go short. Thank you. He'll give me five minutes more. Anyway, five, 10, 15. I got 30 minutes on reserve. But temptation, number one, what I talked about, temptation is not sin. It's that sales pitch. While sin is, sin is actually the purchase Hello, you don't have to buy. How many are you talking about? You can go. You can go there's many places you can go, and they got that person because they're on commission, and they're, they're nice, and that's how they make their living, and there's nothing wrong with that. You know, you go to, a, you, know, you ever go to a, a phone store? Man, they want you to have everything. And you don't need everything all the time. But see, tempt, Jesus was tempted in all ways, and the Bible says, yet without sin. Hebrews 4, 4, uh, 4 verse 15, for we do not have, a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses. Hello, look at me. Let's make a confession. How many of you have weaknesses in your life besides Sundays? How many have things that when you're around it, you have to be very careful? Come on. Maybe there's some of you, how many of you know, in order to avoid temptation, you've had to avoid certain people or situations or circumstances. How many, come on. And we're going to have participation here this morning, okay? You see, my hair standing up, my hands are standing up, because I know there's certain things I cannot do. There's certain things that I don't need to sometimes talk about a subject too long with certain people, because it could go someplace where I don't need it to go. Hello? And so... Here it is. It says, sympathize, but one who, one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. If Jesus was tempted, then we should be able to identify with him, knowing that our temptation is not separating us from God, but uniting us with him. I know this. When I've cried out to God, I've sensed his presence. I've sensed his help. And sometimes I can't live by my feelings but I have to live by faith and trusting God. And I know that as I've made a step, God has always made those steps toward me when I've cried out to him. And see, when you, listen, and, and let me just say this. And if you've blown it, if you fall, fall forward and begin again. You see, that's where, you see, failure is necessary sometimes for future growth. I can say that there's things, areas in my life that I thought I was strong in. Hello? And I thought, oh, I can do that. And I did not do it. I utterly fell flat on my face. Anybody know what I'm talking about? And then you've got to use that. Okay, God, the Bible says this. The righteous man may fall, but I like what it says, but he rises again. See, when the enemy wants to condemn us and say, ah, you, that's just an area. You can never, you're never ever going to come this. You're always going to be this way. Your husband's always going to be that way. So you may as well treat him this way. Your wife's this way or your children. Hello. I've, I've, I've enjoyed this, had this secret little thing. It's for my personal enjoyment. It's not hurting anybody, but really it's hurting you in the long run. See, when you're faced over and over with the choice to turn your affections toward your temptations, let me just say, it's how you respond in worship determines the outcome. How do you respond when you're being tempted? Because it's a real test of who we really are in our character. The second thing is, the Bible says, resist the devil. What do you mean? The Bible says, submit yourselves therefore to God, resist the devil, and he will what? Come on, say it with me. Flee from you. James is clear of the word, resist the devil. But most of the times, that's easier said than done. How many of you talking about? It's easy to say that. But I just want to say, but here's some good news. If we submit ourselves to Jesus, to Christ, we are free to say no to temptation. If we are in Christ. Because he gives us the power. The Bible says he comes, he gives us strength through what? Our what? Through our strengths? 
There are weaknesses. Okay, so we've all, we've all confessed this morning that we all have weaknesses. We all have things that come our way. But when we are weak in areas, that's when we go, God, I need your help. Send me, say help. You see, sometimes in order to get help, you got to be real with somebody. You see, you must know that our passions and our desires have been nailed to the cross with Jesus. What do you mean by that? We are free, able to conquer temptation through who? Through Christ. And see, here it, here it is. I want to give you Galatians 5.24. And this is after, after Paul talks about the fruits of the flesh and the fruits of the spirit. It's the next verse after all this stuff. And he says, and those who belong to Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. There are many ways to ex- execute yourself. How many of you believe that? You can hang yourself. You could shoot yourself. I'm not, I'm not propagating, uh, I'm not promoting anything. You may poison yourself. You may jump off a 10-story building and splatter yourself. But what he's saying here is, that, you know, but there's one form of execution you can't do by yourself. And that's crucify yourself. Why? Because even if you hammer one hand on the cross, you still got a free hand. And who's going to nail that? You see, Jesus said, you've got to crucify your flesh. He crucified your flesh to the cross. You don't have to do the work. You have to trust. Hello? And someone's, well, I've got to do this. And it's all about what we do and what we don't do. It's not about that. It's about trust. It's about faith. It's about accepting the grace of God. I got a text this week, and someone wrote me and said, man, I got off my... my uh, my uh, uh, my charges. They re- they freed me from my charges, and and I wrote back. I said, "Well, you know what? I just I, I think I said, wow. I said just don't al- just don't try to push God's mercy any further. You see, there's a big thing in in our society today, especially in the church world." And it's all about that word grace. How much grace should be extended? Jesus said this. And he's, even if you've blown it 700 times, God's grace is still there. But does that, does that blot out the consequences when we blow it? Does it? No. And God's saying this. Trust me. Grow in this. Grow. You know, the, you know the, the, there was... In the concentration camps in Germany, when they experimented with Jews and Polish people and things like that, what they would do is they would do all kinds of tests on human beings. They would break bones and see how many times a bone could be broken in the same spot and then heal. They did all these different things and they came, there was limitations. That it would not grow back to the capacity eventually if it kept breaking. And see, let me just say this, as long as you're going back to the cross... God will apply his blood. I'm not here to be your judge. The Bible says you will know them by their fruits. I met some tutti-frutti people. But you'll know them by their fruits. And the fruits of strength, the fruits of overcoming, those are fruits. Are you hearing me? As you walk with Christ, as you walk with him in the power of the cross. The third thing it says, this is draw near to God. James continues the verse Verse 8 saying this, in addition to resisting the devil, you're called to draw near to God. What does that mean? It means it's followed by a promise. Here, and he will what? If you draw near to him, what will he do? He'll draw near to you. That's a promise. It's an always. He's always going to draw near to you when you draw near. So here is an opportunity to be victorious over temptation. To cultivate a deep intimacy with God. I have people that whine. I just feel like God's so far from me. Even even when when they claim they've tried to draw near to him, but he hadn't drawn. I just don't know. You're deceiving yourself. Can I just get real honest with you? Quit being a baby. The Bible says, you know, when you first become a Christian, and it's important. 
You learn to drink spiritual milk. Come on. Then you learn to eat the meat of the word. God begins to give you teeth. So when the devil comes, I've told you before, like my Nigerian guy said the devil will come and he will put the finger in your mouth. And then he'll put two, then three, then he'll put the whole hand. But he says God has given you spiritual teeth. Bite the devil's hand right off. And that's what we need to learn to do is bite the devil's temptations when they come right off because he gives you things. You need it. All of us need it. I'm going to talk about it. Am I going too fast? Do I need to slow down? Y'all gave me a lot of time now. All right. Y'all learn anything. And let me just say, practice does not make perfect, but it makes, it makes things permanent sometimes in our life. What do you mean by that? Permanence is what we need in our priorities to, to, build, a sustainable, to build sustainable success. you got to practice. That's why every day you need to be going out in God's gym. And it's not the cool T-shirts that they have. Okay, God's gym. I've seen it. God's gym. You know, it, God's gym is right here in this book. That you lift the word of God and you put it to your eyes. And all of a sudden, it begins, it begins something as you do it. And you begin to work out with the word of God. You begin to work out in prayer. You learn not just to, and if the heavens seem like brass, that's where you go, God, if there's a cloud of sin obstructing my relationship with me hearing from you and you coming with your presence, please break that cloud over my life. And God, I want free access. I want to open heaven so I can hear from you because I want this word to be alive. I need this word to be sharp. I need this word to be a weapon to overcome the enemy because let me tell you something, what the enemy can't stand is when the Christian has the word of God, which is a sword, and he starts wielding that sword. No weapon formed against me. Take that, you cool There's going to, I mean, you know what I mean? Nothing. No, you're not going to overcome. No, Joel will not die. He will be well in Jesus. Are you hearing me? By the way, he is doing better. They were going to have to put a feeding tube in him, but they're not right now. Praise God. His appetite's getting better. They're starting to take off some of the gas mixture in his oxygen so he'll be able to breathe on his own. And we ought to just stop right now and praise the Lord for God's goodness. Because you know what we're doing? We're drawing near to God. We resist the, the, the lies, the enemy. He's not going to make we have the first miracle. He's alive. I know that I wake up now since I've had surgeries and all that stuff, and I'm, this is not about me, but I wake up with a different awareness that I'm very vulnerable. I'm susceptible to things that I never, you can ask my wife, like, oh, I'm not going to get that. No, I'm not talking. Don't talk that way. That's fake. That's like a fake. She goes, that's reality, buddy. You're vulnerable. Things can happen to you. No, 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 no. You know, come on. Ever, anybody ever feel that way? Y'all pray for me, because sometimes I'm a stubborn Irish Cajun. Because, see, when I hear, when I see that, you know, it's like, God, the time, you know, I just believe this. You, you deceive yourself. You know, it's because God's word says if you take the time and expand your energy and you draw near to God, he said, I'll draw right near to you. You know, when Daniel prayed the first day, you remember? And he prayed out, he cried out for help because he didn't want to compromise what the king was saying. And he asked God for his help. And the angel appeared and he said, we heard you the first day, Daniel. The first day, we were fighting. There was a, he was the war angel. It was Michael. He was fighting the host of darkness. There was hope. And listen, sometimes we gotta fight, we gotta fight the host of darkness that clouds our minds and our memories and in and, and our, our emotions because that's how the enemy the enemy will even use dreams to depress you before your day gets started. He'll use things. He's a manipulator. He's a confuser. He's a, he's a wolf. He's looking for you when you're weak, and he's going to attack you from a side you didn't think. It's kind of like the one-eyed doe story. Have you heard that? If you haven't, I'm going to tell it today, right now. There was like that one-eyed doe, and there was a hunter that would always try to get to him, but that doe would always have its one good eye toward the land because the other side where it was was like a lake. So he didn't have to look what was coming from the water. So it was always looking, and the hunter uh, noticed one day, he says, wait a minute. He's only got one eye. So guess what he did? He, pulled, he got a boat. 
he went around to the side where the deer didn't see him. And all of a sudden, he came, and he got close to the deer, and the deer hears things, but it doesn't see. Hello? Sometimes we have turbulence, but we don't see what the turbulence is all about. And he took the deer out. Poor Bambi. It wasn't Bambi. It was, but anyway. I've had people, you going to kill Bambi? Look, if he, as long as he doesn't identify, say, hey, I'm Bambi, I'm taking him out. Anyway, just, I won't kill Bambi. But see, that's like us sometimes. We're like that one-eyed deer. We're looking at all the things that would be obvious, but sometimes we don't see the thing, the enemy scheming things behind the scenes. Does that make sense? And sometimes we, we say, well, I'll just do a little bit of this, and I'll do it. And sometimes we just don't know the stuff when we allow those things, where it will end up and what we'll do and how it will affect us and the people that we love. People are always sorry when they get caught. Come on. They're sorry. I would rather embarrass myself with God Hello, then him cry out on the rooftop and share with everybody the junk or the dirt that was in my life or in my heart. Wouldn't you? The next thing is know the word. Know the word. Whoa. Let me, let me just say something. The word is so important. It, it, I know that it, it often, often we're tempted after the biz, after. Uh, the, the blessings come the battles. How many I'm talking about? We get blessed, the battles come. The Spirit led Jesus into the wilderness where he would encounter the enemy. In, Luke, in Matthew chapter 4, I've been reading this, thinking about it this week, and th- meditating on this, this portion. Here it is, Jesus in chapter 3, he's coming, and, and he comes and he gets baptized. And the Bible says, after he gets baptized, he's filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. I mean, the, the perfect time. Then, after he gets full of the Holy Spirit, he goes on a fast for 40 days. The Bible says that the, the Spirit of the Lord led him in to the wilderness. Look at verse 1. I'm just going to read it. The Spirit of the Lord. Then Jesus was led up by the, Spirit, by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And after he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, then he became hungry. That's pretty explanatory. And if you've been fasting and praying for 40 days, how many of you know that you're weak and you're probably on the verge of death? Okay? Physical death. 40 days. And the tempter came and said to him, If you are... Now, let me just say this. That's how he always comes. He puts an if or a but. But if your but is in the right place and your if is looking in the right direction, you'll get your but out of trouble. Thank you for all those amens. He said, but the Son of God, he said, he came, he said, if you are the Son of God, command these stones to become bread. But Jesus answered, he said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city, that's Jerusalem, and made him stand on the pinnacle of the temple. And he said to him, if you are, there it is again, if you are. The enemy always comes with your identity, who you are. And he says, if you others throw yourself down, for it is written, he will command his angels concerning you. He even knows the word. And on their hands they will bear you up, and they shall not strike your foot against the stone. And Jesus said, on the other hand, it is written. <laughs> and he's like, oh, yet it's also written. He said, you shall not put your God, your Lord, the Lord, put the Lord your God to the test. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And he said to him, all these things I will give you. Here he goes, here's another one. If you fall down and worship me, then Jesus said, go, Satan. For it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and serve him only in the last verse then the devil left him and behold the angels came and began to minister to him you see every temptation we see jesus resists the devil and he draws near to god through what through the word he responds each time to temptation by quoting scripture he's using actually he's using portions of scripture from deuteronomy one of the greatest ways to cultivate more intimate worship is to know the word of God. 
You see, by knowing the word, you're able to identify temptation. You're able to resist the devil. You're able to draw near to God. You're able to follow his truth. I used to always, someone, I was studying, and when I first got saved, I said, I'm going to learn all the cults. I'm going to learn everything I need to know about cults. And the Lord said, one day in my prayer time, God said, stop. You don't need to learn about Jehovah Witnesses, Mormons, the Baha'i faith. You don't need to learn all that. He said, and the Lord spoke to me. This is what he said. Learn the truth. So when a lie comes, you'll know the truth, son. Are you hearing me? God wants you to invest in the truth. He wants you to taste. The Bible says, taste and see that the Lord is good. When's the last time you just tasted on the Lord? Tasted on the word. David said it's like a honeycomb. My grandmother used to buy those jars with the, with the honey, with the little beeswax in them. Remember that? And, and I, I'd go to the store with her and I'd go, can we get that one? Because you know what I wanted to do? I wanted to mess up that beeswax and put it in my mouth. and go, I mean, it would be so sweet, so good, I'd get sick of the goodness. Come on. I mean, your mouth all messed up. Like the other day, Livy and Tracy had this zombies to go get some ice cream. They like Livy will come up to me. She goes, "Daddy, DQ." She goes, "Let's go get a dip comb." And I, I no, I'm not I'm trying to do this Daniel fast, baby. I'm trying to, you know, I didn't tell that. I'm trying to do the Daniel, but sounds spirit. That don't mean squat to her. You know, I'm going, but baby, I, I'm not doing that right now. Tracy's like, I'm the game. <laughs> so they went and got their, their cones and everything. And, I, and it was funny because when she finished, she goes, Dad, it was so good. And she had chocolate right here dripping right there. And I said, baby, go look in the mirror. And she goes, ah, oh, ha. And she, ah. Oh, and she started laughing and wiped it all off. And sometimes we need to be like that simple child. Where we go and we taste the goodness of God and we look in the mirror and go, well, how's it looking funny, kind of goofy. But it's all right to be goofy in the Lord. Come on. When you've been tasting the Lord, come on. You know why they put toothpicks in, in restaurants? When you leave, you can retaste what you ate again. Oh, quit it. Y'all don't, shoot, you eat a big old good steak, I'll pick that baby and Somebody needs to have fun in the house. Your Bible should be something that, that just doesn't sit on the table. It doesn't become the, the leg of the couch, the, the leg that's missing on the couch, and you put prop it up. It should be the very thing that you should be building your life on. You know, the Bible is the number one selling book in all the world. But you know, it's the least written, least read book in the world as well. It's kind of like when you have something go wrong with your car. No one buys a car and reads the owner's manual. Some people do. My wife would. She has. Me? I'm not pulling out the manual unless there's a problem. And that's how we are sometimes in our lives. We, 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 pull, we want to pull out the manual when our back's against the wall and when we really should have been learning what we needed to do when our life got messed up or something came our way or we were tempted with something and we didn't give in to that. Hello? You awake? You see, the number, imagine what the body of Christ would look like if people were passionate about the Word of God. The word of God is truth. How many believe that? The word of God is the answer in this broken world. The word of God is the power in the midst of temptation. The word of God is, is, the joy, is joy in the middle of suffering. Isn't it always amazing when you see people suffer? Or they walk through things? That God's bringing refinement in their lives? But there's, there's a deep sense of like, they're at peace. You know, when I've talked to Pastor Josh and Lindsay, they're, they're at peace. The words become alive. It's become real. It's, because it's become something, you know, that, that's bringing strength and power in their lives, even over the, 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 uh, uh, the adversity they're facing. 
How many know when you go through hard times, you just feel like, let's just, it's kind of like a day like today. Can I be honest with you? This would have been a good day to sleep in. Huh? Come on. Just roll up in them covers, get next to honey. Are you praying for a honey to get next to? But you're not getting, a, you're not getting with a honey you don't need to be getting with. I'll preach there. But anyway. You're looking, I mean, it's just one of those kind of days. And you know, a day like today, you can come in and you can just be depressed. And then the enemy says, y'all, it's okay to be depressed. Be, be down a little bit. It's okay. It's gloomy. It's just a depressed day. You know, your coffee maker don't work on a day like today. You'll get mad. You know, there's just certain things. And it's like you can't allow, listen, I've learned this. I can't allow the enemy and people to make my agenda. That's why you need the Lord to make your agenda. That's why you need to meet with him. The, the number, let me, let's go to the next one. Look for, for the exit sign. See right here, if we had an emergency, if there was a fire coming, see these lights? It says exit over here, and we've got another one past the double doors. You can get out of here because it's saying this is the way out. This is the way of escape. If something bad or something goes wrong up in here, this is where you go. You see, I know this. When you look at it, 1 Corinthians 10, 13 says, No temptation has overcome you that is not common to man. God is faithful, and he will not allow you to be tempted beyond your ability. But with, temp- with the temptation, he will also provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure. Can I just be honest with you? Some of you are sitting or close to someone, and you may be shocked at some of the temptations they've had this week. If we just could roll it on the video. You'd be shocked. I can't believe I'm sitting next to you. With all the temptation going on. I believe there's been murder up in the house somewhere this week. I believe there's some people that have been tempted to cuss. I believe there's some people tempted to be mean as a harnet. I believe, but you know what? There's also people that said, I'm not giving in to that. I'm not going to be mean. I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to act this way. I'm not giving into that pill. I'm not going into the depression, get that drink to kind of lift me up. I'm going to let God, you need to lift me up this morning. A good bath doesn't clean, clean the dirtiness and the filth that I feel on the inside, but a good washing by the Holy Spirit and by the blood of Jesus does wonders. You see, it's common to everybody. You see, concerning intention we face, this is the way of escape. First, this is the way you escape. Listen, the three things I'll give you. It's free, okay? First thing is, we are to, you need to stay in the Word of God. Stay in the Word of God. It's a sword of the Spirit. We battle effectively with the sword of the Spirit. The second thing is, we are to speak out the Word. Speak the Word. And can I tell you something? And when you do, when you speak the Word out loud, it changes the atmosphere radically. It just changes it. You ever have someone come to you? I, no, no, I just, this is the way to stop. We're not going there. We're not thinking that way. We're looking to the word of the Lord today. Blessed is the man that does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, nor sit in the seat of scoffers. For his delight will be in the law of the Lord. And he'll be like a tree firmly by the streams of living water, which yields its fruit in its season. I could go on. You won't be like the chaff blown by the wind. That's the word of God. When you proclaim it, it does something. It changes the atmosphere. It changes the way you think. It changes the way you look at things. Boy, I'm preaching past my gloominess this morning. I'll just tell you that right now. The devil tried to tempt me with depression this morning. I'll be honest with you. It's, man, people coming to the church in the P-Row. No one's going to come. I'm thinking that you came. You just brightened my day. The devil was a liar this morning to me. No one came with their, their go devil up to the house. The devil did try to go with you, but you cast him out when you got here. So, it's just saying this, it's, it's, and the third thing is, the last thing is submit to the word. That's, what do you mean by submit? Obey the word. Simply obey it. Do what it says. And that's where the power is, when you do what the word says. I remember, you remember when you used to get a note when you were a kid, and you'd go down, and they had, a, they had that word that your teacher wrote, please excuse 
Bubba to go to the thing to get something from me. And so when people would stop you, it was like you had the word of the teacher. And you were waiting for someone. If you were a personality like me. All the other kids, they're looking at you and you're going. Come on. Because what? You had the power of the word of that teacher and there was authority behind it. Come on. That you could walk the halls. Come on. You remember that? You could walk the hall and go, come on, baby. Say something. Teacher stop you and go, oh, McCann, come here. Oh, Miss So-and-so, okay. Go ahead. But have a good attitude when you're going down the hall, son. Let me just say this. It's 1 Corinthians 10 that God purposely at times allows us to be tempted. Sometimes beyond our own ability. And that's where he does, he does this. He once again, he provides the opportunity for us to worship. I can't do this alone. I need God. I need your help. I'm weak in this. Have you been weak in areas in your life? And then all of a sudden you invited God into the place? Did things change? How many of you have used the word, you speak it out sometimes, and it's like it changed the atmosphere? That you allowed the word of God when it comes to be like that permission slip to walk down the hallway and go, man, I've got, I've, I've got it going on because I've got the word of God locked up right here. The Bible says, you know, that David hid the word of God in his heart so he would not sin against God. He laid it in his heart. He laid it in his memory as a foundation no matter what he faced, no matter what he went through, that he used that. See, look at the exercise. That's God has promised to provide a way to run through it. Joseph, when he was tempted, we know, Potiphar's wife, he ran. Join the Joseph club. When the enemy comes, run. You know, there is a lion. The Bible says the enemy comes like a lion, like a mighty roaring lion, seeking to whom he may devour. But can I tell you something? There's a mightier lion inside of us. It's called the Lion of Judah. And when he roars, let me tell you something, the, the enemy becomes a pussycat. Because when a real line shows up, it's not a roar anymore. Pastor Willem told me, he said, he said, Pastor Bubba, if you have cats and dogs that get in your trash can, I will give you some lion leftovers. And you put it in their trash can, and they smell that, they will never return the rest of their life. What do you mean by that? Because it's from the real lion. And they know that whatever they smelt in that leftover, what was left, what the lion left, They could be the next victim. And can I tell you something? We have a lion inside of us and greater than the lion that's roaring at us. And someone ought to clap to the Lord and shout because that's what we need to recognize. We need to have a revelation of who the lion of Judah is, who the real lion is. The last thing is this. There, you know, there are times when you know you're being tempted to sin. And, 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 and sometimes we sin anyway. That's what we need to rinse and, and repeat. And see, if you've fallen into temptation, here's the good news. This is what the Bible says, if you've blown it. 1 John 1, 9. If we confess our sins, come on. He is what? Faithful and just to forgive us of all of our sins and to cleanse us from, and it's what it says, from all unrighteousness. Does it say some? It says all. When I've looked up the word in the Greek and the Hebrew, all, guess what it means? It means all. It means everything. Nothing left out. See, we must continue. We must not continue in sin. If we fall, if we fall, we agree with God. Return to God. Trust in the accomplished work of Jesus. The battle of temptation is for freedom. It's not just for salvation, but it's for freedom. How many of you want to be free? To be what God wants you to be. To live under God's purposes. To live under God's practices. To live under God's priorities in our lives. To see that God wants to put his perfect peace. And we can have a passion in us that loves God. Loves the word. Loves to see. You know when we walk out and we become what God wants us to become. We become the very thing God wants us to become. You're powerful in the hands of the living God. If you place your life there. Even in the midst of temptation. You say God I don't know what to do. 
I don't know where to go. It's kind of like someone who has a big brother and they, someone picked up a, a fight and you better not mess with me or you mess with my brother. And they go, oh, he ain't going to show up. And they, they come around and go fight you and your big brother's there. You, got, you want a piece of him? You got to get through me. Knowing and enjoying God is one of the greatest aims of all worship. Why do we worship this morning? To enjoy God's presence. You know what I prayed for this morning? That we would experience the sweet presence of the living God that is powerful, that's mighty, that would, you would leave here today, that I prayed for you before you came to service this morning, that you would leave with a, with a hope that, you know what, no matter where I go, no matter what I do, no matter what I face, God is with me. He will never leave me. He will never forsake me. There's a greater lion inside of me than the lion that roars against me. That I can draw, I can resist the enemy. I can draw to God, draw to God. And then Jesus is my example. Even when he was tempted in the midst of 40 days and 40 nights, that he could walk out strong and knowing that his God was with him. And no matter where he went, no matter what he did, that God was with him. See, the Lord, you know, Jesus says, come as you are. Not go and clean yourself, then come. He says, go as you, come as you are. Ultimately, his grace is sufficient. It covers our 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 past, our present, and our future. Aren't you glad? That the accuser of their brethren when one day may be like... Thank you, Lord. I'm getting the point, all right? Here's the exclamation point. With special effects. And they linger. Let me just tell you something. The special effects of the enemy is like the accusing attorney that comes and accuses you and says everything that you've done, everything, and it's true. But God is your, Jesus steps on the scene. He's your defense attorney. He said, all those things may be true, but let me tell you something. On such and such a day, yes, he gave in. Yes, she gave in. Yes, she blew it. But they came right back to me. And here today, they're washed, they're forgiven, they're free, and they're mine. And you have no part. So this battle is for our freedom. In the joy of the Lord. Not a battle over salvation. That, this alone has been, been secured by Jesus. Salvation has been secured by Jesus. Hello? You have to trust him. Next time you face temptation, think of it as an invitation to worship God. Just think of it as an invitation. I'm going to worship. How you like that, devil? You know, I can't sing, so I'm not going to try. I can sing. To the Lord... It's beautiful. To you, it's the X factor, (laughs) you know. I don't watch it, but I just. Just stand to your feet this morning. I want you to remember this. You may have came in down, discouraged, tempted, felt like you've been a failure that you can't overcome. Can I just speak a word to you in faith? The Bible says this. I love this scripture. It says this. He is the glory and the lifter of our face. See, God wants, by, in the spirit, God's coming. He said, hey, look, quit looking down. Let me be the glory and the lifter. And you look to me. And I'm going to help you. I'm going to be with you. I'm going to empower you. I'm going to give you the grace you need. I'll wash you. If you even if you, you've blown it, you can come and confess, and I'll give you hope, and I'll give you power to be an overcomer. Isn't that awesome? That's what I love about God. Even when I blow it, you know, when my children blow it. It was funny this week. I mean, Zach was in the back seat. We went to go see my son Andrew. He had his birthday, and he was picking on my two youngest kids, and, and he was kind of being, it was kind of getting annoying a little bit. And I looked back and I said, Zach, I hadn't done this in years. Stop it. Stop it. Behave. I was like, that felt good. Been years. Some of you guys, look at me. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to close it up right here. In between the rain and the thunder and the special effects. I want you to hear me. God loves you. And he's always given us a way of escape. And we got to see 
that sometimes when the if comes, the accusations of who you are, where you're going, what God's called you to do, you got to look beyond that because he is the glory and the lifter of your face. But beyond that, he wants to come and give you courage today. He wants to pour his life in you today. So lift your hands all over this place. And I want to pray with you. No matter what you're walking through, no matter what you're going through, God loves you. He's here to help you. He's here to encourage you. That means that he's here to pour his courage into your life. Father, right now, I thank you that we come. We're weak people, but we know that we have a strong and mighty God. There's nothing that compares to you. And Father, this morning, I pray your life breath as you breathe into Adam, as you breathe the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost. I pray that you would come and breathe your life. I pray you'd come and breathe your courage. I come, you would breathe upon each person here this morning. For those that have been faint-hearted, those that have been weak, that have given in, I pray today they walk out of this place saying, I know that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And so, Father, I pray for your strength. I pray for your grace. I pray for your power. I pray for those that are struggling right now. That God, that they would just see this as an event to worship you, to honor you instead of falling. I pray this morning for your peace. I pray for your grace. Lord, we pray that you would just be over our community over this time right now, that you would help people that are facing difficult circumstances. From Pastor Josh and Lindsay and Joel, we pray for them. We pray for miracle power. You pray you would continue to heal little Joel, that he, people would be amazed. And God, we would know as a church that it was only because of the power of God that you heard our prayers and our cries. And Lord, for the people that are we're going through this weather. I pray that you would just have safe mercies over everyone as they go back to their homes and their places. I pray for families and people, our, 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 our spiritual family, people that aren't here this morning because of the weather. We pray that you would be with them and bless them and protect them. We pray that all in the mighty name of Jesus. And everybody said, amen. Hey, we love